And we're back. <laughs> but not coming out of like a, uh, you know, a break. So it's always fun to be like, and we're back. And it turns out that uh, we're just starting to get back into uh, the Lockdown Wolverines podcast after, well, I recorded one on Sunday. I said we probably weren't doing one on Monday. And then I was not feeling very well on Tuesday. So there we go. Uh, but we're back. So that's the good news. Uh, like I said, Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire, through USA Today Sports Media Group. And uh, we're going to be all basketball today. We're going to be all basketball tomorrow. We are not going to have our Thursday mailbag tomorrow. We're going to do like we did last week and move that to Friday. Because... On Thursday, we have Jawan Howard in his introductory press conference. So we are going to cover that. We'll hopefully, if everything goes to plan, you'll hear a little bit from Jawan Howard as well uh, on uh, from on tomorrow's podcast, which is going to come in the late afternoon. But today, uh, I'm going to talk about some of the current events that are happening, some of the, the things that are going on in Ann Arbor. And then we are going to talk a little bit uh, about some basketball, hear a little bit more from someone who knows a heck of a lot more than I do uh, in uh, Zach Shaw from 24-7 Sports. He's going to join us for a little bit, and he's going to talk about uh, his thoughts uh, on the hire, uh, kind of where Michigan's at with it, uh, just some of uh, his opinions and things of that nature. Uh, I uh, I respect the heck out of, uh, I guess I can say hell, <laughs> I respect the hell out of Zach and I uh, know that uh, he's going to bring some really good insight, and uh, I'm excited to bring him on. So, um, obviously, I worked with him for several years at uh, when it was Wolverine 24-7 uh, over at 24-7 Sports. So, uh, really excited to bring him on. But first, before we do that, uh, let's talk about some of the uh, the current events as they're happening in Ann Arbor. There's a couple, uh, obviously, a couple things to to talk about uh, one look uh, looking like a departure, and one guy who's staying, and that's in the coaching ranks, and that's. Uh, Saudi Washington staying, it sounds like. It looks like he's been retained and he's going to continue on with Juwan Howard's staff. But you lose Luke Yaklich, uh, Michigan's defensive coordinator on the basketball side, a guy who's had just amazing impact uh, on the on the program. Uh, and it looks like he's headed to Texas to join Shaka Smart's staff after uh, that flirtation that's been going on since, uh, well, I, right after Beeline left, to be honest. So uh, that one hurts a little bit, but... I have some opinions and some thoughts as far as that's concerned. And uh, you, you know what? It, it might just be just how things go. And uh, yeah, you obviously don't want to lose a rising star like Yaglich. But at the same time, Jawan Howard has to build his staff. Now, like I've been saying on this program for quite some time, uh, by quite some time, I mean a week, you know, I, it would have been nice to, to have both. But I thought that there was probably a good chance that, hey, Get get one to stay. Get that consistency. Get someone to say, like, this is how we've been doing things. And in that light, I think Saudi Washington was more important. Um, that's not to say that he is a more enigmatic, a smarter, a better assistant than you, Luke Yaklich. I mean, Yaklich might end up being just that type of guru, obviously. We've seen what he's been able to do. But Michigan also got a lot better before Yaklich at defense before Yaklich got to Ann Arbor uh, by virtue of what Billy Donlin was able to do. Uh, Billy Donlin, who's now at Northwestern, people forget about him because the defense went from nothing to really good to great. And sometimes getting from good to great is one of the hardest milestones that you have to take and make, honestly. So uh, 
I think that, you know, Michigan could do that again. But Michigan under Juwan Howard, maybe they don't put that type of premium on that type of play either. So maybe it isn't as important to him. And to me, the biggest thing is Juwan Howard has to build his own staff. He needs to build his staff with the vision that he has. And it's great that he has one guy coming back inside of Washington and one that I think is more invaluable. Uh, the guy that was able to lead the program with Beeline out last summer. A guy that when Beeline was ejected for the one game against uh, Penn State, Saudi Washington was the guy that comes in to lead them. He's got some leadership capabilities. He knows how things are supposed to work in Ann Arbor. And he's still really young, still an up-and-comer, understands the landscape, all of that. I'm not saying that Luke doesn't have that, but I just still think that Saudi was probably, if you had to keep one or the other, in my opinion, Saudi was the one that you had to keep. I just think that he 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 was the general in Beeline's army. And I think that Yaklich was a really solid lieutenant, and I think that he will be a general someday and beyond. Right, I think he will be the commander in chief of a program very soon. And you know what? I'm curious to see how he works in Texas. Shaka Smart. Now, granted, I haven't not watched a lot of uh, Texas in the last several years. I haven't really watched Texas except for I didn't even get to see him when they played Michigan. To be honest, uh, I was at an event. Uh, they played him twice, right? And in, in the last couple of years, and I, I know I was in an event the last time because I was following the uh, following the game on my phone. But uh, nonetheless, um, I'm just curious with the uh, the way that Shaka plays defense, how is that going to work with Luke Yaklich? That's going to be interesting. I just think it's, it's a situation that everyone benefits. Like, I'm not saying that Michigan Mich- – now, don't get me wrong. Michigan got worse with Yaklich coming, you know, leaving. But again, like, Howard coming from the NBA, he might not put a premium on defense the way that – we just saw the last several years. Now, I think he should this next year, given that you have Xavier Simpson, you have John Teske, you've got Isaiah Livers, all, you know, Eli Brooks is really good at defense. I think, I think you have to, at least while you have the nucleus that you have in Ann Arbor right now, but maybe he's going to move more towards a positionless basketball look. That's what happened in the NBA. Maybe that's what he wants. All I'm saying is I don't know. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more idea of what his vision is, what this is going to look like, you know, what the scheme is going to be, what type of team he is looking to build, what type of program he's looking to run. All of that hopefully will be answered tomorrow at noon when uh, when he takes the, the podium at Chrysler. I'm really curious, and I'm wondering what we're going to get. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's disheartening, but you know you, you you kept John Sanderson, so that's great. You kept Cole Bajima, the uh, the the forward out of Washington, so that's great. You kept Saudi Washington, that was great. Hopefully, you can get Jalen Wilson back in the fold, and that seems like that might be more of an uphill battle now because he's visiting North Carolina, he's visiting Kansas. Those are two schools you don't want to have a guy like him go visit, right? <laughs> Especially when he was already committed to Michigan. But I think considering he was committed to Michigan. I think that uh, Michigan probably still is somewhat in the pole position. That's just me surmising. I don't know. I just think that, hey, you signed with Michigan in the first place. Yeah, you can you can go and meet with Bill Bill Self and Roy Williams, and they can tell you whatever. And you know we'll see. And uh, you know it sounds like 
Michigan's also courting transfer out of uh, North Carolina Seventh Woods. We'll see what that's all about. I don't know. I just think it's, I think there's a lot a lot of interesting things there. But hey, let's talk more basketball here in a moment. And uh, you know what? I forgot to mention at the top that all of this is brought to you in part by uh, Hotels.com. Don't hate. Like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Uh, but additionally, remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Lockdown Wolverines on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Wolverines. Coming up next, we're going to bring in Zach Shaw. We're going to talk some more basketball with a guy who knows Michigan basketball. Uh, coming up here in just one moment. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we are back. And as promised, we have a very special guest. Someone who knows a hell of a lot more about basketball than I do. So no more of this just guessing (laughs) like I've been doing on the program quite a bit. Of, uh, yeah, this is going to be great, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but uh, 24-7 Sports' Zach Shaw joins us to uh, discuss uh, the Juwan Howard hire. Zach, thank you so much for joining. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've uh, done a podcast together. Yeah, thanks for having me. You want to start a soft start, man? You went to a bajillion NFL press conferences this year, and you were one of the last people to ask a question to the Michigan basketball coach, John Beeline. So, so you're in touch. But, but, yeah, glad to be on. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna say I'm 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 no nothing. I'm not Jon Snow in that light, but uh, I definitely respect what you have to say. You've been doing this for a very long time. You've uh, you've been covering the the team. You've you've followed exactly what Michigan basketball has been doing for uh, years now. So I've only really been doing it for one. But uh, so obviously, what was your the, the lot has changed. What was your first impression when you heard that uh, that Beeline had moved on? Were you as surprised as I was? Because I certainly didn't feel like that was going to come. Maybe, maybe I just assumed after he spurned the Pistons, I know that it was a mutual deal, but I didn't think that yeah, he was. No. It's about as surprising as it gets, right? Like, isn't that like every writer's worst fear that like they wake up at like eight thirty and there's already news that head coach is leaving to go pro with that. You know, it's usually in today's age, you can kind of hear like, oh, you know, like last year we heard Beeline was interviewing with the Pistons. We heard that, uh, you know, he was a candidate. We, you know, there was, there was this drama and hoopla about it. And then it was like a month morning at like, what, 8.33, and then all of a sudden there's a Woj bomb, and very much a Woj bomb, probably one of the all-timers, because no one saw it coming. Uh, that he was He was gone 12 years. Boom, just like that, you know, and, and we find out later that there was an interview process. It just was able to stay under wraps, impressively so. And so, um, yeah, it was very surprising. I think anyone who said they thought coming is fooling themselves. 
I don't think it, you know, and I've talked to former players, I don't think it was unheard of that he was eventually going to take an NBA job. Uh, but for it to happen like that was, I mean, it kind of put college basketball world on, you know, the world kind of stood still. All of a sudden, you know, you've got all these national analysts writing these articles. Um, and as far as why he left, it's been pretty well documented, uh, mostly to go pro. I also don't think it's irrelevant that it was kind of a tough recruiting month for Michigan, right? Like they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to fill these spots and they lose another spot and another guy officially goes pro and maybe some guys that they didn't think should be going pro, guys weren't projected first round picks and he's flying to and from Germany. A guy that, you know, who knows if, if you know, they, they would get him. Uh, still, the jury's still out. Um, you know, so it's, and I could see where he, you know, having had open heart surgery, having been in a plane crash, you know, having it being 66, I can see where that's, that's not as fun. And I can see where Kathleen, who's been by his side for 44 years of coaching, uh, says, hey, John, this isn't as fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if there's an opportunity, uh, we should probably take it. And, you know, he's got the connection to Mike Gansey. He said Mike Gansey basically like a son to him. Um, you know, and so he's the assistant GM with the Cavaliers. They're looking for a coach. So yeah, you can you can put the piece together and, and see why. You know, in that regard, it's not as surprising. But the actual news uh, is completely stunning. I think anyone who says otherwise is fooling themselves or trying to cover up or missing the boat. But yeah, big time surprise, and and it it was major news. You know, this wasn't like uh, you know college coach leaves to go pro. Like, it was like a, I mean, everyone was surprised. People in the NBA circles were surprised. People in the college circles were surprised. Because, you know, Cleveland, there have been reported candidates, including one Jawan Howard, um, and it ended up going with D-line. Yeah, one of the things that I had heard uh, someone close to B-line had had told me that they had, that B-line said after all of that, it was clear that people did not, do not know me. Uh, And I think that that might be accurate. but uh, Michigan's obviously moved on, had to move on, even if it didn't want to. And uh, Juwan Howard ended up being the guy. Uh, I, for one, thought that they were going to target someone with maybe some experience. Uh, I thought John Beeline had built up enough cachet where they could go out and get uh, a more experienced coach, someone who's maybe uh, maybe had similar experience to John Beeline. But they went for Juwan Howard, who ended up being a uh, – He's a. It's his first time being a head coach. So, yeah. with that in mind, what what are your thoughts? Uh, are are you are you happy with the hire? Are you underwhelmed? What what are your thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, as far as the search goes, I think people thought these bigger names were gonna were gonna come, and and well, the more I've read about it, I've read about UCLA's coaching search. I've read about um, some of these other coaching searches. If you're at a high major Division One program in basketball, you are so less likely than football. And I think Tony Bennett is a great example of why. Virginia, before he got there, was 100% accepted at school. I mean, they've been to, what, two Final Fours all time, and they're both in the 80s. You know, this is a school that is in the conference, the same conference as Duke, UNC, Louisville, um, you know, maybe NC State, Wake Forest, Syracuse. I mean, it's, it's a loaded conference, uh, and, and you want a national title there. So, you know, if you're Steve Powell out of Iowa State, uh, if you're, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that might have been, you know, 
uh, Greg Marshall at Wichita State, uh, some of the other names that could have come up. I mean, one, Michigan's not going to do, not going to hire somebody that's going to end up newspaper for some, you know, recruiting violation or things like that, mm. or character violations or anything nature. That you know, eliminated a good amount. But a lot of these guys, I mean, you know, I'm thinking Wojo out of Marquette or, um, uh, you know, some of these other guys. They're not going to leave like they are in football because in football there's like six teams that can win a national title. And that's it, and maybe a couple other teams will sneak in as time goes on or whatever. But it's it's a pretty short list of teams that I mean, go look at the national champions of the last fifty years for for football. You know, the UVA UVA is not going to sneak in there anytime soon. So mm-hmm. it's it's a different dynamic, and I think that probably led to an underwhelming list of finalists. Right, Ed Cooley. Jack and Smart, two guys coaching high major basketball with experience and who've been to tournaments, uh, but maybe not the names Michigan fans were hoping to see as the finalists. But I always said, I'm with you. I thought they were going to get someone with head coaching experience. I thought that was kind of the, the move. Uh, but I always said, you know, unless, unless Joanne Howard interviews really well. And so, you know, we'll get to know more about him at the press conference on Thursday, but it's I get it. You know, I, I think there's an allure. I mean, this is a guy, uh, what has he done wrong as a coach, right? It's not his fault that colleges weren't, in, you know, that the pros were interested. The pros are going to offer a lot more, especially starting out, than, than the colleges are. And, you know, he was, in the last five or six years of his career, he was very much like a guy that teams were continuing to pay to keep on, his, on their team, even if his numbers weren't great largely because he was such a good locker room guy. He was such a good mentor for younger players. And LeBron James has given him credit for that. Dwayne Wade has given him credit for that. I mean, this is, this is someone, you know, he's more than just a 19-year NBA veteran. You know, if you're, if you're going to play in the NBA for 19 years, you either have incredible longevity or you are a great character and great mind for basketball who's able to find other ways to be productive, even if you aren't in your physical prime anymore. I mean, this he was an all-star in 96, never made an all-star team again. Why did he play for 17 more years? Because, you know, he understands the game of basketball. So I get it, you know, and I, all accounts of his time at Miami were pretty impressive as far as what he did as a coach. Uh, so it's, it's an experiment, but, you know, I wrote this column last week. You know, it's, there's lots of questions, but he's worth a shot. And especially looking at that list, I don't think they're backing into this. But everyone had holes. There was no perfect candidate. There's no Jim Harbaugh falling from the sky like Michigan had in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, this is every every boat had holes, uh, but this is a very interesting boat. And I think the, what it comes down to is if Michigan believes he's going to be a head coaching star, why not get him now? But what, you know, before he goes to the NBA, if NBA teams are interviewing him, why not have him start his career at Michigan and then see what happens from there? Right. Kind of like getting Jim Harbaugh coming out of uh, essentially coming out of San Diego instead of uh, him going to Stanford. So it yeah. is definitely definitely a gamble. But uh, let's uh, let's continue talking about it here uh, in just a moment. But first, uh, do you have a smartphone with a voice assistant or even better, one of those smart speakers like an Amazon Echo, Google Home or Apple HomePod? Uh, or do you have that type of capability in your car? Well, if you do, just tell your voice assistant to play Locked on Wolverines and go from there. With a new episode every weekday, it's as simple as that to stay connected, and you can do it with the help from the technology right in your car, your home, or even your hand. Remember, play Locked on Wolverines. All right, we are back. Uh, we're going to... 
finish out talking with Zach Shaw. Find him on Twitter at underscore Zach Shaw. Is that right? I have that right? Yep. All right. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's like I've, I've tagged you in a million articles, but at the same time, suddenly went on the spot, kind of uh, blanked there for a second. Um, so we're like we like you said that we're going to know a little bit more on Thursday uh, about uh, Juwan Howard's vision. Uh, and I, I fully assume he's going to win the press conference. I mean, he's had a week and a half essentially to kind of prepare for it. But, uh, and, but at the same time, like, do we have any kind of clues as to what type of team he's going to run? Like, I, I mean, I'm just ignorant of it, but maybe, and so if, if you don't have an answer there, obviously that's not on you, but, uh, I'm personally ignorant of it. Do we have any idea what a Jawan Howard coach team might look like? I kind of like anyone who's claiming they knew Beeline was going, uh, might be lying. I, I, I would not be, I would be lying if I said what system, uh, he was a big man, but he's also an NBA coach and, and Miami, you know, they, they don't use, they're not, you know, loaded with three point shooting big men. So, um, maybe not, but kind of think defense will be a big emphasis. I mean, that was kind of that and his basketball acumen were kind of why he stuck around in the league for so long. Uh, you know, so I, I think, and, and plus it'd be really hard to look at Michigan's returning roster and not say, yeah, we'll be a defensive oriented team. I mean, Dave or Simpson and John Teske might be the, you know, the top three or four defensive players at their position in the entire country. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, that's going to be a point of emphasis. Um, you know, we'll talk about the assistant coaches in a moment. Uh, might need to emphasize the defense overall if you're losing Luke Yaklich to Texas. Um, you know, I think you still don't think they have a ton of shooters. I mean, I would not be surprised if this was not a three-point shooting heavy team. You know, Adrian Nunez can, can shoot the rock and Isaiah Livers can shoot the rock. Uh, anybody else? I mean, you know, and that's, I don't mean that in some Michigan doomed way. I think they'll still be a good team, but this is not a, uh, they don't have a ton of guys who I think will shoot above, let's say 37% from three. So, uh, you know, I think, I think he kind of will ditch that. Um, but I think it's really interesting. The reports out there that Scotty Washington will be retained. So I don't think Juwan's going to throw everything away. It's not going to be Rich Rod in 08. You know, I think he's aware that the last seven years have been pretty good. Mm. Uh, I, I think he's also aware, you know, having coached in the NBA of where basketball's heading next. Like, he's not going to be like, oh, it'll be like 1989 and we'll throw it to a, a 6'10", 280-pound center who's just going to dunk it. Like, you know, it's not – basketball change. But he's been a part of that change, and he knows that. So um, probably something in between. I wouldn't be surprised if they go faster tempo because the NBA does. I wouldn't be surprised if, um, you know, turnovers are not the devil. Like, you know, Beeline always taught, you know, if you turn the ball over, you're running stairs, which right. is, uh, sounds like something every coach would do, but turnovers are a fact of life in basketball. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of lets go of that a little bit, if the speed picks up a little bit, um, if they're a little bit more aggressive mm. offensively, you know, try, taking more risks. Uh, but, I, that's something I, I, I'd want to see it in action before I really declare what's going to happen. Uh, and with that all in mind, last, uh, last question for you. And this is kind of plays into what I, this is what I said at the beginning of the show. I said, 
All right, if they're going to keep Saudi Washington, which sounds like that's the case, and that they're going to lose Luke Yaklich. I hate trying to say his name. I just always stumble over it. But if they're, <laughs> they're going to lose him to Texas, and they're going to keep Saudi. I said, I think while it's it sucks to lose Yaklich, just given you know his prowess, I mean, we've seen defense rise at, in a, at Michigan before he arrived with Billy Donlin. And Sadi has had been kind of Beeline's right hand man for several years now. I thought it was a little bit more important that Sadi be the one retained, just because I think that he's the one who gives you enough of a level of consistency, as well as the idea that Juwan has to build his own program. What are your What are your thoughts just with that, and in general with the assistant coaches and how he has to essentially build this thing out? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, Adi and, and Yaklich were were kind of one A one B. I will say, I I don't think I would have put Yaklich as the favorite for coaches, but I do think he had a compelling case to be the next head coach because of all the coaches I've interviewed for football, basketball, hockey, uh, Yaklich is the smartest one I've talked to. You know, mm-hmm. as far as just general X and O's acumen and, and being able to parlay it in a way. Um, you know, that I understand, right? Like, you know, I really always got the sense he was so smart. And he had that John Beeline edge that I'm going to stay up till the break of dawn watching film, uh, you know, even if it just in, in impacts one play, mm. right? You know, he's got that, that devotion. That's why he's risen so quickly through the ranks. Um, so I'm glad I said that because what I say next is might undermine it a little bit. <laughs> I don't know how this defense would have looked had Jokic Right, if you do the Scrooge, uh, you know, where he you know, he never existed or whatever, uh, does Xavier Simpson and Charles Matthews and John Hefty, does that lineup still produce a top ten defense? I kind of think it does. Mm. Uh, you know, even you know, obviously, Beeline did need a defensive minded assistant to help get the most out of those guys. But you know, it's hard for me to sit here and say, you know, because I don't know, I'm not, the, you know, world beating X's and O's basketball mind, but. I don't know exactly what Yaklich did other than be a really good coach. Mm. Like he didn't reinvent, you know, it's not, it's not Tony Bennett with the pack line defense here, right? It's, there was no revolutionary style that Michigan used. They just played really hard defense and had very good defensive players. And Yaklich deserves a lot of credit for that. But I also don't know, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you have an offensive coordinator at some really good school that always has the best recruits. You know, do you give them credit for getting the most out of those guys if they don't have a revolutionary system? I don't know. So I think I think you know keeping one out of the two is a win, though. I don't think maybe fans don't realize. Uh, I was expecting them both, you know, to leave because they both interviewed for the job, and mm. I can see where that's frustrating that they bring in a new guy. So to me, for him to keep Sanderson. Because that's, that's not irrelevant either, John Sanderson. And, and to keep Saudi Washington, that, that's a net positive. You know, I think that shows Juwan is not dismissive of what Beeline's done. He's not going to, you know, throw everything away. He, he understands that the ball's kind of rolling here already. And then I also think it's, it's you know, able to keep two guys that really helped Michigan. Saudi, uh, you know, Yakuza has been the primary recruiter for the last, I believe, Michigan's last four commitments. Mm. Uh, Castleton. Um, Jalen Wilson, Cole Bajima, and Zeb Jackson. But Saudi was the guy right before that. You know, he really helped create those in-state 
recruiting trails, you know, Isaiah Livers grew up a Michigan State fan. He's in a Michigan uniform. Brandon Johns grew up a Michigan State fan, to my knowledge, is from East Lansing. He's in at Michigan now. David Julius grew up a Michigan fan, but still a, a noteworthy commitment. So he's done a really good job on the recruiting trail. He's the same age as Yaklich, um, you know, and he was the guy that that I think he he deserves a lot of credit for Michigan culture and and how cohesive the team is. And I think that's why when Beeline had the open heart surgery, missed the trip to Spain, when Beeline got ejected in that bizarre game at Penn State, they went to Saudi as as the interim coach. And I, I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe Saudi was Beeline's recommendation as he walked out the door as, as the head coach. Not that, you know, I think he would have recommended five guys. So it's not not everything, but um, he, I think he's a very good coach to keep on staff. And, and you know, ask any former player. There's it's easier said than done to bridge that gap between coaches without infighting, without tension, without, without wasting a summer of off-season development. They need a lot of guys to step up this fall. And the way to do that is by having things be as cohesive as possible. I think Sanderson and having Saudi on board really helped with that. Well, right on. That's uh, that's absolutely amazing insight. And again, follow Zach Shaw at underscore Zach Shaw. Uh, Zach, thank you for co- joining the program. Really, truly appreciate it. Uh, it's like I said, it's been it's good to to do the podcast with you. For those who don't know, uh, I was part of the still existing Wolverine twenty four seven podcast, which you can still uh, subscribe to on iTunes. Uh, and I'm sure you can find that at themichiganinsider.com as well. Uh, and uh, obviously, uh, Zach uh, has really good coverage both basketball and football. So make sure you check that out. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, can can I can I tell everyone to call you Zeke though? No, please. That? No, that's that's not. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll see you. I'll see you tomorrow at the press conference. All right, sounds good, Zach. Thank you very much, man. Appreciate you. That's all the time we have. So for the Locked on Wolverines podcast, I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at on Wolverines, Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you would like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at LockedOnWolverines at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, wherever you get your podcasts. Or online at WolverinesWire.USAToday.com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football and basketball coverage. This was Locked on Wolverines, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where it's your team Every day.